Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. The series is The Moment, and the subtitle is Face to Face with the Cross, and that's the title of tonight's message. Simply said, Face to Face with the Cross. Um, let's go around tonight. We, we had a great discussion at Bible study last night about this, and I told one of the guys, hey man, I'm going to have to use some of the stuff you've said and hope that's all right because it gives me great ideas. I get new revelation. I was even talking to my wife today about the cross because she spoke about that at her team meeting and man, there's just so many shades of revelation. I love the cross. It's brutal. It's heartbreaking. But man, I, I love to study the cross and understand what Jesus did for us because it's so much more than just a man on a cross. It is. A man being punished and executed an innocent man it's so much more than that there's so much there so coming face to face with the cross tonight what's the first thing you think of when you think of the cross go ahead anybody everybody died for our sins that's great love that's powerful good not everybody all at once it scares me okay grace I ran into that word several times today in studying about the cross, grace. Now grace, I need y'all to understand, grace is different from mercy. Okay? Grace is God's empowerment to live right through the cross, through faith in Jesus. What else? We got grace, we got love, we got forgiveness of sins. What else? What do you think of when you think of the cross? And it doesn't have to be, I mean, I think one of the things I think of when I think of the cross is real suffering. Real suffering. Horrible suffering. Horrible. Anybody else? <laughs> Can you imagine such a level of surrender? His life wasn't taken. He gave his life. And I love the story of the cross and that it began earlier. Scripture says that as soon as Adam and Eve failed and fell from God's grace and they made, made their mistakes and they, they chose themselves over God that as soon as it happened when God confronted them he prophesied but he prophesied Jesus was coming <laughs> that he was gonna the seed of the woman was gonna bruise the serpent's head gonna come back for you buddy <laughs> so that's powerful that is powerful there's so much in there with that what else <laughs> purpose yeah surrender purpose like what a life of purpose it was crazy because Jesus would discuss. He'd be talking about, I'm headed to go be crucified. I'm headed over there. And then he had some of his disciples arguing about who was going to be the greatest. <laughs> so human, these guys. So much like us. Purpose. Surrender. What else? Mm -hmm. Hope. I'm going to... I think that one's going to come up again Sunday. I mentioned it briefly this past Sunday, but but hope, something to live for. You can make it. There's a chance. What was that stupid movie? He says, what are our chances? She says, one in a million, right? One in a million. He said, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> wow, that's a, fool, that's a fool's hope right there, but hey, the, the bonehead, he had hope. <laughs> you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, you know what? Praise God. The cross of Jesus, oh yeah, there's much more than a chance. Wow. Anything else? 
doorway to heaven. I've always seen that as in the shape of a cross. Can't get in to God's kingdom without the cross. Doorway to heaven, that's wonderful. And to me, that, that really adds to our hope, doesn't it? Say, man, I got heaven someday. You know those awful days? Anybody ever had an awful day in here? Ever? Anybody ever said, man, when is this going to end? Or anybody ever said, man, when is this going to start? You're waiting for something to end or you're waiting for something to start? Or it was just terrible, just terrible. I mean, men and women alike, it was so terrible, you cried or you said the wrong words. <laughs> you were upset. Yeah, hope. There's something beyond this. There's something beyond now. And that's what's beautiful when you, you're able to pray for people and, and, and lead them and get them to church and talk to them and tell them the truth so that they can have their moment. Their moment, that special point in time with God. Interesting, all these people had their moment at the cross, huh? And they were, it's amazing how scripture talks about it. There was the centurion, the Roman centurion, who said this was the son of God. There was Mary Magdalene. Scripture says that Jesus had cast demons out of her. Some say she was a prostitute. At one point, she'd never been loved so purely by a man, and she's watching her Savior die, and then you see a woman grieving, the mom. She's grieving her son's death and watching him brutally be tortured. Can you imagine? For you moms in the house, I can't even imagine, because number one, I'm not a woman. Number two, I'm not a mom. But wow, I know a mo mother's love is the closest thing to God's love on this planet, and a mom watching her, her child die on a cross. My mom used to make statements like that and it would blow me away. She said, man, she said this was her firstborn. She said it'd be like me watching you get unjustly condemned. Wow, but people had their moment. And others, they were confronted with a decision. They could have had their moment and they, they hurled insults at him and said, hey, why don't you come down from the cross? Why don't you save yourself? Can you imagine? Anybody else? That's powerful. You're seeing through the cross, and I'm repeating this for the recording in case that didn't come out. So Galatians 6, you've been crucified to the world, the world's been crucified to you. I just read that verse last week I was, as I was reading through Galatians. And then you're seeing the world through the filter of the cross, but the world's seeing you through the filter of the cross. And they think, they think we're crazy sometimes about stuff like the like, you believe that? I'm all, uh-huh. Wait till you hit the very, very bottom of this, and then you're going to believe too. You're going to believe. Anybody else? There may have been one other person, maybe, or did I imagine that? The connection. I like that. And it's powerful because we're connected to God through Jesus but then we're connected to each other now. Here you are. I'm going to just 
20, maybe 20-something people on a Wednesday night, we're all here because of Jesus. You're not here to waste your time. You're not here because it was windy outside. You just wanted to come into the building and some random building to hide from the wind, which, you know, would make sense. But we're here because of Jesus. Now there's a divine connection. You're connected to God through the blood of Jesus, so you're part of his family. And if you're in the family of God, and there's others who have had faith in Jesus, folks in this room, we're all part of the family of God together, aren't we? Divine connection with God and each other. One more. Wow, these are great answers tonight. I should have had my pen ready to write some of this down for the upcoming sermons. Very, very good. Anybody else? What do you think of when you think of the cross? What do you see? I see promise. A promise kept. I see a promise kept. God didn't have to do that. He just didn't have to. But right away he said, these are my prized creation. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to give them the chance to be with me and to give me the chance to be with them. They are my prized creation. And I'm a, Can you imagine God looking down the quarters of time saying, I can't do this tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to have to do this through thousands of years. That's crazy to me, the planning and the foresight and the promise. Wow. Let's, let's get into this. We'll get into some of it. I don't think we'll finish it tonight, but we'll see. Face to face with the cross. I don't know about you, but coming face to face with the cross gives me courage. There's an old song, and I can still hear my uncle sing it. He had a beautiful voice. It kind of sounded like Elvis, one of my dad's brothers. My dad and his brothers, they have good voices, good vibrato. And one of his brothers, his voice kind of resembled Elvis, but I still remember, remember him singing this song, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Because He Lives, All Fear Is Gone. Because I know He Holds the Future. And life is worth the living just because He lives. It gives courage. Look at this. John 19.5, this gives me courage to say, how did you pull that out of there? Jesus had just been brutally whipped. They just fashioned a crown of thorns and placed, jammed it down on his head. You've seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ. They put a purple robe on him because they're making fun of him. Hail, King of the Jews, all the things they're, they're telling him. And this is terrible. Can you imagine? They're making fun of you. They're mocking you, and they bring you out to a, a wild, jeering crowd you're, the crowd's condemning you, and look at what it says. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns. He'd just been brutally beaten to within a couple of inches of his life. I imagine the robe they placed on him. You know, have you ever had blood uh, under, under fabric before, how it sticks to it? Can you imagine how badly he was beaten? He's unrecognizable already. They've been pulling his beard and hitting him, and, and they've been whipping him. And now they put a robe on him, and he has a crown of thorns, and the robe sticking to his body. He's dehydrated, his tongue swollen. He's dripping blood everywhere and says, Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said, Look, here is the man. One translation says, Behold the man. And all of a sudden, the whole world is presented with a choice, just like that. What are you going to do with him? Wow, that gives me courage because I'm like, how can I be ashamed if I'm going to walk with God and do my best, even through my mistakes, how can I be ashamed? Jesus was whipped, stripped down to his undergarments and whipped publicly and then brought out, they made a mockery of him and he was brought before the crowd and they said, here's the, here's the man you're trying to condemn. How shameful was that? 
Let's go to Mark 15.43. This is powerful. I ran across this today. Those of you that know the story, you know that Joseph of Arimathea, he was a closet disciple of Jesus. He had a lot of money, and he was a Pharisee, so he was one of the religious leaders, but he was a secret follower. And I find it fascinating that everything changed for him when he saw Jesus suffer and die on that cross. Some translations do better this, than this one. Look at what it says. Joseph of Arimathea took a risk. Took a risk. Wow, what a risk. And went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honored what? Member of the high council, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. He was a believer in Jesus. One translation says he boldly went and asked for Jesus' body. Yeah, it was boldly because he wasn't even supposed to be a believer. He was on the Pharisee high council that condemned Jesus. Sounds like the only ones on the the Pharisee council that did not not want to condemn Jesus were Joseph of Arimathea and who else? Nicodemus. Two great men. But they said, oh man, like what what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Why, Why are we doing this? Well, all of a sudden he came out and said, look, I want his body. Him asking for the body of Jesus was a big statement of how important Jesus was to him. <laughs> Man, the cross gave Joseph of Arimathea courage. It gives me courage. You ever been afraid of something? Oh man, who knows the stuff that you've been afraid of, right? Scared to death, things we've been afraid of. Things that were silly and things that weren't so silly. Things that we had every right to be afraid of. <laughs> My brother, he... Uh, he was, when, when we were kids, how old was I? Oh, maybe eight. I don't know exactly, seven or eight. We were staying at my aunt's house. And we were staying in a little little uh, mobile trailer in their, their yard, that a big yard. And uh, they had Doberman pinchers. Well, I don't know what happened. Jonathan was little. So he may have been three, two or three years of age. And I don't know what happened. I don't know. He was a kid. But to me, dogs should just never bite kids, right? No matter what. Because kids are kids. You've seen how kids are. and Your kids are. You try to teach them. They, they poke dogs in their nose. They try to shove things up their nose. They put things in their ears. They pull them by their ears. They pull their tails. So, you, you know, hopefully you got good dogs that aren't going to hurt kids when kids are just being kids, pulling their hair, spitting on them. I've seen some kids are just naughty, and they're mean to dogs. you got to teach them. And some kids are just naturally nicer to dogs. As far as I know, Jonathan was never bad to animals. He was all, all, Jonathan always had a tender heart. But something happened, and one of my aunt and uncle's Doberman snapped at Jonathan. If you look closely at my brother, he's a really good-looking guy. He has a lot of hair on his head, right? He's a good-looking guy. But he has a scar next to his eye. I don't know if you've ever noticed. Many of you don't notice because you've seen his face for so long. It's just part of his face. I think scars look cool. But he has a scar, and it begins up here, and it it comes right next to his eye. Well, guess what? That dog snapped at him and just missed his eyeball. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how my dad didn't kill that dog. I guess it's because it was my aunt and uncle's dog. But, wow. To this day, Jonathan is wary of Doberman. Even the sweetest Doberman, Jonathan ain't believing you. And Jonathan likes dogs. But he's a commissioner, he's a diplomat and a politician, so he's gone to many doors over the years, and he'll tell me dog stories, like, bro, I was out in the country today, and this dog just looked at me, and then all this, before I knew it, it was climbing over the fence, and I was out of there. So he has a, 
He doesn't trust Darth completely, and you can't blame him, right? You guys ever seen that, what was that movie, Italian Job? He said, oh, no, I don't. was it most deaf, that actor? He said, I, I don't do dogs. These are criminals. They said, oh, really, what happened? He said, I'm deaf. I said, I don't, I had a bad experience. He didn't even want to talk about it. Things in life happen, whether they happen or not, or we just have an irrational fear or something happened to us, you're afraid of that. Anybody ever seen the show Monk? I forget how many fears he had, but he's afraid of milk. <laughs> There's a word for that, fear of milk, fear of peanut butter. It's going to stick to the roof of his mouth. I don't know, just strange. But fear, and I love, what I love about the cross, man, is it gives courage. You say, man, Jesus did that for me? Wow, I can, I can do some stuff. He did that? Yeah, like the song says, because he lives, all fear is gone. You've got to take that for what it's worth, man. The cross, it gives courage. And it gave Joseph of Arimathea courage. Micah, if you don't mind, can you put that same verse up in no rush because it wasn't part of the lineup. Can you put that same verse up in King James Version? In New Living, it says he took a risk and he went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And the writers included that he was an honored member of the Pharisees, the high council, so he didn't need to be asking for Jesus' body. He didn't need to be showing support. Let's see what the King James Version says, Mark fifteen forty three. Check this out. Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved, that's an old way of saying he asked for the body of Jesus. He said, hey, can I have the body of Jesus? Look at that word, boldly. The cross did all kinds of stuff for people that day. They saw Jesus die on the cross. And I pray that through this series, you start to have more courage in life, and courage spiritually, encourage in your walk with God, and boldness when you say, man, look at what Jesus suffered for me. The cross, it gives me courage. The cross, number two tonight, I believe it brings accountability. Let's go to Romans chapter 3, verse 22. Romans 3, 22, and we're going to read through several verses here. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, right? No matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. You're, right, you're in right standing with God through faith. He did this through Christ Jesus when what? When, when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. That is great. Let's look at the next verse now. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that what? That Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair Wow, when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. The cross makes you come face to face with your sin. And the question becomes, what are you going to do about it? That's why some people love the cross. You're all in here on a Wednesday night, so my, my simple assumption is you love, you've put your faith in Jesus and his cross. You love you have a love for Jesus and his cross. But there are those who hate the cross. Someone said this last night in Bible study. They, the cross de demands change. It says what you're doing is wrong. 
If it wasn't wrong, then God himself, the perfect lamb, would not have had to die for your sins. So there's sin. There's a sin problem. What are you going to do about it? You're confronted with the cross, and it brings accountability. It brings a reckoning. It brings, come on, answer for it. What are you going to do now? Are you going to just push him away? What, what's going to happen here? It brings accountability. There's sin there, so we need to, we need to do something about it. We've got to answer to God for our sin. Scripture says that God is a God of holiness, and without holiness, no one can see God. Well, that's a problem on our own merits. Scripture says all of our righteousness is like dirty, filthy rags. You guys ever use rags at the house for stuff? Do y'all keep, are y'all them folks that get, get rags and you're like, man, this is a good soft rag. I can use this to clean windows. I can clean tables. I can scrub. Does anybody have rags at the house? Old t-shirts? Uh-huh. That's how we were raised. We always had rags. Dad will go, that's a terrible shirt. We're going to make, and sometimes the shirt, I still kind of liked it, but it was just so bad, and I was just giving it a slow death, and Dad would grab it. He'd find a hole in it and go, okay, now it's a rag. We have to use it as a rag. I'm like, man, Dad, I, I know, but it looks awful, and it, it smells weird. Like, let's put Windex on it or something. Let's put it to use so it can produce now. Dad would do that. He'd get stuff that was just getting too bad for his taste. He'd just, he'd just go ahead and finish it off, tear a hole in it, and it would become a rag. Scripture says, all of our righteousness, all of our right standing with God, and according to the stuff we're doing, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing that to get God's approval and favor, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. All of that, apart from Jesus, filthy rags, man. You ever come across a rag? I don't, I don't know if y'all have the compulsion to do this. This may seem gross to some of y'all. But do we have any smellers in here? Do y'all get stuff and smell it? Anybody? You don't have to raise your hand, but I, that's, some of y'all are looking at me like, Pastor Matt, I knew you were a little odd, but this is really one bridge too far. I'm a smeller, so I get, I get old stuff, and I'm all, I, I can't help it, Johnny. It just goes to my nose. I just gravitates. I go, I had a friend who used to tell me, Matt, Matt, don't smell it. Don't smell it. I'm all, I have to smell it. It looks weird. I'm going to smell it. It's like that Geico commercial with those raccoons. They're digging through the trash, right? <laughs> the other one tells one, you need, this is awful. This is awful. You need to taste it. It's what people do, right? I don't know why. But your righteousness is a filthy, stinky, dirty rags apart from Jesus and apart from his blood. I'd like to read through that again if you don't mind, me. Romans 3.22. That's so powerful. And we'll go through it slowly. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. I love that. For everyone has sinned. All have sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. There must be a standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. Wow. You're right with God. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that what? Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. That is, that is very, very, very powerful. I don't, I don't think I want to continue with these points tonight. I just want to talk to you for a minute about the cross. Then we're going to pray and we'll get ready to leave. I, think, I believe that in our Christian walk, even after you've accepted Jesus, I believe 
that God gives us more and more revelation of himself. He doesn't reveal everything to us right off. He has us search for his character, search for who he is in scripture and in spending time with him. And I believe steadily over the years, and I believe you've probably done the same, experienced the same, over the years I've gotten more and more, more and more of a revelation and an understanding of the cross. Because you know, when I was young, much younger, I accepted Jesus, I knew about the cross, I was taught, I knew man, he suffered for me on the cross, I'd see movies on Jesus, and every time I watched a movie, I was like, man, maybe they won't crucify him this time, you know, I was like, he's innocent, but he had to die for our sins so that we could be reconciled with God, but I remember even crying over the cross, and crying, man, they crucified Jesus, and man, he didn't deserve that, he's God in the flesh, he's perfect, why would his own creation crucify him, but over the years, I've started to see more and more things in the cross that I didn't see before, why he did it how he did it, what God's plan was, what it all meant, him shedding his blood, how the cross actually came to cancel out sickness, poverty, and death. We can go, go to heaven with the Lord and, and, and all these things that you guys said tonight, all these wonderful things. So be patient with yourself, but at the same time, press in and continue to seek God and ask God to give you a revelation of the cross. And that's what I'm gonna do tonight when we pray we're going to just ask that God give you a revelation of the cross. It's between you and him. He's your God just as much as he's my God. And I love that about God. It's something I'm going to repeat forever as long as I'm a pastor, as long as I'm on this earth. And that is he is a personal God. God is always about meeting with you personally because one day you're going to stand before him. You are his prized creation. We go all the way back to the Garden of Eden and it was God and Adam. It was God and Eve. He was always a personal God. He is your God. So in remembering that, ask God tonight to give you a greater and a better revelation of the cross. It's so important. I believe as you get a greater and greater revelation of the cross, you'll get closer to God. And you'll get better and better at having your moments with God, but also creating moments for people with God. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes tonight, if you would, please. Heavenly Father, tonight my prayer is simple, Lord. My prayer is so simple, I, as always, and it's my habit, it's our tradition, Lord, but it's so much more than a tradition, it's so important. Is there anybody in this house who says, Pastor Matt, if I died tonight, I, I, I've never come to the cross of Jesus by faith, and if I died tonight or I died next week, I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell. If that is you, this is not to condemn you, this is to save you. This is to get you right with God. If there's anyone in this house that says, man, I don't know where I'd go if I died. I've not met Jesus yet, not come to know him and the cross. Would you raise your hand, please? I'm gonna pray with you tonight. Real quick, we'll all pray together. Is there anybody in this house? God bless you. Anybody else in this house? We're gonna pray together as a family. It's so important. Let's pray together. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, give me a revelation. Even as I declare and confess that Jesus is my Savior and He is my Lord. And I believe that He rose from the dead. I believe He died for my sins. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Now Jesus, come to live within me by faith. Save me from myself and from hell and from sin. In Jesus' name. I believe. Thank you, Lord. 
Is there anyone in here with the same spirit of reverence, your heads bowed and your eyes closed? Raise your hand if you say, you know what, I want a deeper, broader, wider, more intimate knowledge and revelation of the cross of Jesus. I want to get to know God better, but I want to get to know what Jesus did on the cross better. Thank you so much. God's going to give you a revelation. Scripture says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled they will be satisfied, and that is you tonight. Father, give us a revelation of the cross. Give me a greater and deeper and wider revelation of the cross of Jesus, God. I want to understand it better, not just because I'm preaching on it, God, and teaching on it. I've taught on it before, God. I don't want it to just become a habit and just something we do, Lord. I believe that you led us on this series, and you're leading us on this journey, God. Now speak to your people, everybody in this house tonight, and give us a deeper understanding of what Jesus suffered on the cross and what he did on the cross, and what transpired, what happened, God, what occurred on the cross. And God, give me wisdom for this Sunday. And God, give all of us wisdom for this Sunday, God, in inviting people, Lord. And the prayer that my dad taught us this past week, Lord, that you would give us wisdom in promoting and advancing the kingdom of God. We want to make Jesus famous. God, give us wisdom in promoting and advancing the kingdom of God. Give us wisdom for this Sunday, God. Even as we serve, Lord, we're here to love people and to bring them to the cross, that they have their moment with you, God. We've had our moment. We want other moments. But, Lord, we've got to get people to where they have their moment with you and their moment in time where they accept you, Jesus, and they repent and they make it to heaven with us one day. God, give us wisdom. Help us to advance the kingdom of your Son, Lord God. And God, give us wisdom concerning your cross. Give us revelation and understanding, rhema. Lord, Lord, let it be deep and let it be permanent, God, in our lives concerning the cross. We thank you, Father. We give you all the glory and praise tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your heartfelt prayers. God is with you. Does anybody need an envelope tonight for tithe or offering? And we will see that you get it. Anybody in this house, you need an envelope, just raise your hand and we'll take care of you. Anybody else? All right. Does anybody know what they're serving next door? Taquitos? Hey, somebody knew. Ms. Norma's in the know, man. Hey, there are taquitos next door. Taquito is Spanish for little tacos, I think. Let's pray.